This is the EVP Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the EVP Podcast with your favorite paranormal team, Energy, Visions, and the Paranormal. I'm DVO. I'm Beaker. And I'm Ghosty. Welcome, welcome, welcome. ASMR. You said it three times, you're going to summon a demon. The welcome demon. Welcome, welcome the, demon. Oh. the welcome. Welcome to Walmart. <laughs> the welcome Krampus. That's the demon we get. The Walmart door greeter. <laughs> welcome. We had there was one locally here. That, that's how he would welcome you. It was a nice deep welcome sound. <laughs> I, I yeah, I remember that the Fort Union one. Huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, the, that's the. Yep, I know that one. Well, we were in high school, <laughs> we've been traveling around the EVP team. Talking about all the spooky places in the world. But we're staying local on this episode. Did you know? Yes. We actually had some comments. From the, from last, the last episode. On our social medias. On the social medias, yes. What um, do you got for a speaker? Well, we have uh, Michael on Facebook said, I believe in life after death, near-death experiences, angels, but not in reincarnation. That's just his belief, though. So this is the last episode. If you, if you don't remember, it was talking about the three stories of kids that possibly were reincarnated or remember past lives. Uh, our good friend Mark, we talked about him. He went to Asylum 49 with us. He says he's open-minded about the possibility of reincarnation. Uh, he just wished that we explored more of the question, if not reincarnation, then what? What else could explain these stories? Uh, several come to mind. Most of them have something to do with coming in contact with the spirit of that person, whether it be a guardian angel or some spook off the street that told stories about their life to a three-year-old kid. Uh, just another plausible theory. He does question why so many people claim past lives of more famous people. Not everyone was Cleopatra. No one claims to be a mailman in Oklahoma in the 30s. Just well, Beaker claimed to be a blacksmith. That's not too exciting. Blacksmith in uh, medieval times, yes. That's not too And exciting. a confederate general. Oh, of course you're a general. <laughs> <laughs> but a blacksmith, I mean. Right, right. So I, but, bit, I mean, yeah, I don't... Bit. The stories that we talked about, I don't think that they really necessarily claim to be famous people. Because I don't know how famous Marky Martin or whatever his name was. Uh, he was just an extra in one movie and then just was an agent, had an uh, agency. And then my so story was, wasn't like was famous. a man that was shot down during World War II... Um, and they had to do a lot of research, and he wasn't, like, really famous either. He just happened yeah. to be the only person from that boat shot down. And then yours was some... It was an uncle. Yeah, it was, it was an uncle. uncle. But I, I do hear those. But, I, yeah, you do get a lot like, of that. Oh, like, you were President Abraham Lincoln. My, you know, well, my favorite was... <laughs> or Cleopatra, was, like you mentioned. There was someone that actually told uh, a friend of ours that he was Van Helsing in a previous life. Yeah. Um, so he was a fictional character <laughs> in a past life, which I thought was really impressive. Now, yeah. Van Helsing is based on an actual person, but Van Helsing himself, not a real person. <laughs> so I'm not sure how they accomplished being Van Helsing in a right, previous life. Right. But It's probably a, a cool dream he had one night. Probably. <laughs> but according to a medium that he talked to, he was Van Helsing in a previous life. Yeah, that, that, that's the problem, though, because you do hear love the stories a lot. I was this, or... My spouse was this. Like, were you? But were you really? I'm gonna have to. I'm like, I do believe in reincarnation, um, but I do. I see Mark's point with why couldn't it just been a spirit that was telling these kids? Yeah. I mean, that's the age the kids usually start seeing spirits, anyways. And I never and thought about around, it this. Around seven years old, isn't that when they kind of stop seeing spirits? When they start kind of growing up a little bit. Right. And I never thought about this until he mentioned this. That's a good point. What if it is just? Uh, 
a spirit guide or a guardian angel or whatever you want to call it that's kind of maybe just telling them stories of their life and they kind of the kid thinks oh that's this happened to me so the kid who i talked about the way he said he, that he would experience these uh memories was uh more like he'd be daydreaming or just getting kind of lost in thought and then these memories that weren't his would be coming back to him hmm. and he's just like these aren't mine but he was able to retell what these what was going on in his mind. But at the same time, Mike, when we're in that kind of daydreaming meditative state, if you will, our subconscious or our higher self is more open to receive messages from spirits. So in, in that, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I do think he was actually reincarnated of that, that uh, agent. But to Mark's point, when you're daydreaming, you are more open to hearing and talking to spirits. So it's possible while he's in that... And I mean, a lot of these stories we say they uh, in my story as well. They um, said most of his memories came when he was like lucid or dreaming, or like in a yeah. kind of dream state, or right before bed when he's tired. So, I mean, when you meditate, that's when you're more open. When you're in that kind of relaxed state, your your mind's more open to receive messages or to hear spirits. Right, but I think in in that aspect, if that was what was happening, I think they would be more uh, being able to describe this person and uh what they i guess that that they're being taught to they, they would be they would say something more to the effect that i'm being visited uh somebody's telling me these stories uh rather than having these memories just going through their head that aren't there it's a good point too it's a very good point they're more like more like memories versus a story that's yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, obviously, none of us lived through that. I'll debate all damn day. <laughs> I'm just just trying to play to Mark's point here. I know what you mean. Um, but no, I. It's a. It could go either way. I mean, it could be. It could be spirits. I think, like I said in your your story's case, I think he actually was. I mean, yeah. and in 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 Western countries like the U.S. and that Canada, you don't hear these stories as much, or they're not as believable. Because it's not like that's the, something that well, people it's, know. It's, it's more of an Eastern country thing where. Yeah, I was going to say it's more of a religious uh, where you have a majority of Christians here. They're going to follow the Christian belief and not believe in, or just not, it's just not talked about and not part of the religion, I guess. Well, in that, uh, that series on Netflix that you told us about, um, what was it called? Uh, something about. Uh, Conjuring spirits, I don't know. No, coming back to life or. Cheating death. Um, there was a reincarnation episode on this Netflix series where they talked about the first two stories, the, the uh, ghosty story and my story. They actually had the, the families on there. Oh, yeah. And um, at the end of it, they actually showed a guy from like India, I believe, a country that actually believes in reincarnation. And the, the series is called Surviving Death. death. Surviving Death. Um, but like in other like Eastern Europe or not Europe, but like Asian countries where reincarnation is part of the religion, like it's openly talked about by everybody. So you they have a lot more stories and they're yeah. able to trace a lot more of those back uh, to the actual people that were living at one point. In, in India, they actually do believe a lot about you can come back as anything other than humans, too. So that's why they uh, they respect other animals because they, well, that's they could the, be an ancestor. Isn't it the Buddhist the, the cow is like the most sacred thing because no, that's the Hindu, uh, Hindus. Hindus. Yeah, but they believe like someone that's been a cow is someone that's been reincarnated and they're like you know at the top of the the religion like they're a really holy person or something like mm. that when they're like yeah, 
That's why they respect cows. So they've yeah. made it. Once you're a cow, you've you've, you've made d- it. You've made it. You've done enough. <laughs> you're a cow. Once you reach the golden cow. <laughs> but yeah, that's a very good point. Just wanted to touch on that. All right. Well, we're traveling a few minutes down to Salt Lake City for this episode, our home state of Utah, and we're going to the Fear Factory. The Fear Factory's address, you guys, is 666 West, 800 what? South. I know, I know, I know. Uh, it originally started in the late 1800s as the Portland Cement Works Company, and this was kind of in the industrial area of the downtown area, on the wrong side of the tracks, if you will. Uh, where they didn't have many safety regulations back then. (laughs) And so the employees were working with boiling liquids, heavy machinery, giant gears. It did end up closing down in 1987 and it stayed vacant for decades, except they had a couple transients kind of roaming around inside the buildings. So I'm assuming this was open like, like it predated OSHA. Oh, for sure. Before OSHA put all the regulations. For sure. Um, it was then purchased by currently the Fear Factory in 2010. So it, it was like I said, it was vacant for decades. I remember driving by it. It's, it's just windows yeah, it broken. Just yeah, uh, because you know, it was just a nice aiming spot to well, look at that. Look at that rock. Look at that window. Let me see if I can hit it. <laughs> I'm sure, there was a lot of graffiti on it too. There was a lot of graffiti. I bet. It, I bet it smelled bad. <laughs> Probably homeless <laughs> people were living there. So in 2010, uh, the Fear Factory purchased it and turned it into a haunted attraction. So it's a haunted house inside of a haunted building is basically what it is. And the real address is not 666. It was another address, but when the owners purchase it, they then change it to 666. Uh, Today, it is six buildings and six stories high. There are two underground passages. It was ranked number three by BuzzFeed as one of the most haunted attractions in the U.S. It was ranked top 10 by USA Today and the Travel Channel. They have a zip line, a free fall, and a VR experience. It's like the future of haunted house attractions. Are you guys into haunted house attractions? I'm not into it. It doesn't scare me. I can um, go through them and just, I'm laughing. So the only time they actually scare me is when they startle you. So uh, when that happens, I'm just scares. laughing. I'm like, you got me. You got me good, man. <laughs> <laughs> a little jump scare. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hit or miss with me because I think some of the kids see me and they like take it as a challenge trying to scare me. And some kids see me and they're just like, I don't want anything to do with that guy. Do you just stay straight faced? Are you having a good time? Oh, no. I stay straight faced because that's that Oh, you're so lame. No, no, no. But it's fun <laughs> for me. It's fun for you to just be, I'm going to be as lame as I can. Watch. Yes. <laughs> it won't scare me. See, I, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I like, want to scare the kids. I'm laughing at other people getting scared. And then if I get if I get startled, then I'm, I I'm having more fun. My, the, I'm, the last few haunted houses I've been to is Frightmares. Because um, it's free when you buy your ticket. Right. And going with Brandy, who can see people's auras and energy fields. Um, walking through the dark, she knows where everybody's at, and she's pointing them out before they pop out of the walls and shit. Uh-huh. So it kind of takes the fun out of it. Just have bit. you ever scared any of the workers? Um, I think once. I have once or twice. Where <laughs> they they're hiding, waiting to scare somebody, and you creep up behind them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I I don't care for haunted houses. I'm so glad my wife does not care for them either. So. Right. I wouldn't go. You know, because I because that was my idea. I I've never <laughs> I've never been to Fear Factory as a haunted house. Neither Asylum Forty Nine. Yeah. The one I used to go to a lot when we were younger was the was a Rocky Point haunted house. Yep, yeah. that was a good one. The one that was on state. It's Chinatown now. Yep. That was the best one. They actually had um, 
if I remember correctly, the the George Romero or whatever his name is from um, Walking Dead, one of the guys that does like costumes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I think he was involved in that project. Oh, I I believe it. From what I understand, they, they had actual like they were movie, the movie props. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say they were uh, in the movie business, and that's what got them to do that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So I believe it was George Romero from uh, Walking that's Dead pretty amazing. that was involved in that project. It was it was really cool. It was one of the, the best haunted houses. Funny enough, huge fan of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right? All of them. Are. I think they might even get the end of the season. It's the last season they're going to give a shout out to our podcast at the end, I think. We'll see. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, there's been quite a few deaths inside as it, when it was Portland Cement Company, as you can probably imagine. And we're going to share some of those deaths with you. I don't know how I feel about this. Beaker, please share a death with us. Okay. Um, so there's one time. At band camp. Band camp, yeah. At camp. <laughs> uh, actually, there was a guy named George. He worked there. I don't know when. Um, but it, he was possibly the first documented death at the, the factory there. Um, George Howe was his name. Uh, he was alone oiling the crusher before the end of a shift uh, when his sleeve got caught in the shaft and his arm was ripped from his body. And... Um, he was then slowly pulled into the machine and was crushed to death. Jeez. And uh, interesting thing is, when we did our first investigation there, uh, I do remember, I don't remember all the details, but I do remember being in the room where that machine used to be, if not still there. Uh-huh. Um, and I do remember them having a conversation with George. Who's they? Oh, uh, sorry, Brandy and some of the members of our old team. Okay. Do you remember any of the conversation? Uh, not really. I, I think but they was, were to, they were able to verify that it was George. They still were in able the to building. verify it was George. Yes, interesting. I believe he was like put, touching people and poking people. If I remember correctly, did he have one arm? I believe so. If he didn't cross over, Brandy sees him the way that uh, the spirits are when they died. Uh-huh. So if he did not cross over, if he is still just a regular earthbound spirit, yeah, he would be missing an arm. Jeez, he would have been crushed. So that would been, yeah. Oh, okay. That's gruesome for her to look at. Yeah, I can imagine being pulled into these gear works. Yeah. Ghosty, you've got one for us. So this one was uh, Frank Holmes. And I'll read the article that came out in the Salt Lake Herald. Okay. Um, the and, article, and, and we got this. We'll post this in our social media as the well. Ar- the headline for the article says, His life was crushed out. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Frank Holmes torn nearly to pieces in revolving shaft. One of his arms cut off, leg and jaw broken, and dies of his injuries. Those are just like the they have like multiple sub-headlines. headlines. Yeah, sub headlines. So many. <laughs> this is kind of long, but I'll I'll read it real quick because it is it's pretty cool. Okay. <coughs> Death is awesome. It is. It's pretty. It's it, it's graphic for a news article. I'm surprised right. they don't do this anymore. I would read more newspapers if it was like this. <laughs> this Care Bear Country. <laughs> this was Salt Lake too back then. So, anyways. While engaged in oiling machinery at the works of the Portland Cement Company yesterday afternoon, Frank Holmes was caught in revolving shaft and mutilated so badly that he died early last evening. His left arm was torn off, his right leg fractured, and the bones of his jaw were broken. The accident occurred shortly after 2 o'clock at the time. Holmes, who was employed as an oiler, was busy about the, was busy about the crusher with his can. There is a large revol- revolving shaft in that vicinity and he is thought to have been oiling that he apparently leaned his arm on the shaft and it got caught in 
one of the flywheels. In a second, he was wound about the shaft and flying through the air at a speed that was almost enough to tear him to pieces. Jeez. Mangled and bleeding. <laughs> Another headline point <laughs> into the story. As soon as he was caught, Holmes screamed, and the engineers saw him drawn into the wheel. Immediately, he shut down the machinery, but it was some moments before the shaft could be brought to a standstill. Because well, they're heavy and they're fast, so yeah. they don't stop automatically. When it did stop, Holmes was thrown to the floor beneath it and lay there a mangled, bleeding piece of humanity. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> what a story, right? Several of the workmen ran to Holmes, expecting to find him dead, but they soon discovered that he was breathing. Doctors A.S. Bauer and William Gleason were summoned immediately to attend him. When the physicians arrived, they found that while being hurled around the shaft, Holmes, Holmes's left arm had been torn from his body, and it hung by some fragments of cloth. His right leg had been fractured above the knee, and one side of his jaw had been crushed in. The victim almost died from loss of blood before the doctors could even get to him. Um, he was unconscious and was removed to St. Mark's Hospital immediately. Holmes's leg was in such a condition that it, it was apparent that the phys physicians that it would have to be removed. Um, but anyways, before he could even be operated on, he died. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think he ever came to consciousness. That was, that was a pretty cool yeah. way to write some stories. I wish they would still write stories like that. <laughs> Did you see all this information they have on George on the Fear Factory website? No. Well, so George... I'm, I'm going to go back to him. Okay. Because this is more information than what I just gave. Okay. So you're he was, trying to wind up me now. I am. Huh? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I can. But So George he says he was charged with the maintenance of the coal crusher. Um, one evening, he was alone in the factory oiling the crusher. So that part, yeah, we got uh, before shutting it down at night. As he reached across to apply oil deep within the crusher, the machine grabbed his leave and began slowly pulling him into the gears. Oh, my God. How Could you imagine uh, if it's slowly pulling you yeah. in and you're just, like, reaching and like, how to stop this thing? Well, oh, and oh, so oh, loud you can't yell for help. It's too loud. And, it, and he was alone. The, he was alone at the end of his shift. Uh, so his arm was first removed from the socket and then snapped and ripped from his body. <laughs> he was unable to free himself. Uh, the man slowly... But consciously pulled into the crusher, uh, the roaring machine and the solid factory walls silenced his cries. Uh, it says George Howe's entire body was eventually twisted into the gears before being spit out as nothing more than a torn and mutilated collection of bloody flesh. <laughs> I did read that. I remember now. And then it says there's other deaths. I know we're going to talk about yours too, but um, people fell into boiling vats. There's additional grindings, death by suicide via train, dismemberment, and a lot of others. Yeah, I'm going to tell stories. This is not as gruesome, <laughs> this is, but still, still a terrible one. This is on Charles Whitner. He had only been working there for two weeks at the time of his death. So he was working over one of the vats. So again, the, the, the Portland cement, I guess, was like a special type of cement that was used at some point. And they had to b boil the chemicals and everything together. Anyway, he was, a, he was working by the vat. He became dizzy from all the smells coming off of it. He lost his footing, and he, he fell. He caught himself, um, but he's just barely hanging. He couldn't, he couldn't keep on, and he fell into a boiling vat of chemical below. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so those are three deaths that, that we could find, and there was, there was more. So, like, the other deaths that there were were some, like, the homeless people. Mm -hmm. So there was a, a homeless guy that wanted to commit suicide, so he laid on the train tracks that run right along the side of the buildings and waited for a train to come by and decapitated him. And they, 
they say his spirit is wandering around and then oh it is it is you can confirm i can confirm because the first time i went there when we got out of the car the very first spirit that brandy saw was the headless man walking around interesting right next to the railroad tracks where it happened really just staying around the railroad yeah, he tracks. was just walking around by the railroad tracks no head Probably just looking for his head. Maybe. Yeah, right. F- feeling she around. Kicking she, around for I, it. I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember her being able to talk to the spirit. No head? Yeah. No head. <laughs> that makes sense. sense. But yeah, she, she did confirm that that, that spirit was Interesting. there. Um, I don't know if there's a spirit of kids there, which, I mean, there could be, but they say that they hear a little girl laughing in there, but it runs right along the freeway. So there could be, you know, ghosts, uh, spirits who might have uh, died on the freeway and kind oh, of true. just wandered in, there. wandered in there because it is empty and there are other spirits there. That makes so, sense. That makes sense. Um, not necessarily having had to have died there, but there could be other spirits that do just find their way in. Oh, speaking of that, I was actually driving on the freeway next to it uh, last week or two, and I just see, I see a truck hauling a trailer, and I see the trailer fishtailing and sparks flying. We're like, what the heck happened? And it started slowly you know, pulling over. We looked, and the, the trailer had become unhitched. Luckily, the chains were still connected yeah. from, from the trailer to the truck. Um, and it was but, being dragged by the chains. It was being chains. dragged, and that's why the sparks were flying, oh, and it was fishtailing. Yeah, scary. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I hope everyone was kind of stopping, though, so they can kind of move over to the side. But it was at nighttime. It was, it was right in front of the Fear Factory. Oh, yeah. no. Did a ghost do it? I don't know. <laughs> coincidence? I think not. No, just kidding. <laughs> Definitely coincidence. Um, yeah, there's also reports of, like, shadows moving, things like that. So, Ghost Adventures went to the Fear Factory, and they interviewed uh, Captain Lavender from the fire department. And he took them over there and, and kind of told them some stories. They, they were called there many times because... Because, again, it was full of transients. A lot of homeless were living in there. There was a lot of deaths in there from, I don't know, homeless street fights. Bum fights. Yeah, bum fights probably. I don't, you know, I don't know if people were betting on them. I don't know. Underground uh, bum fights. But the, but the captain did tell uh, the Ghost Adventures crew about, about the gentleman you just said that, you know, he committed suicide, put his neck on the train track. His head rolled a few times. His hat was still on the head. And he also told a story about they got called into because there was a fire. So fire department pulled up they opened up one of the doors uh they found uh, you know a lot of smoke and fire and then they found feet charred feet legs in a in boots the rest of the torso burned up they don't know what happened but they're just charred legs and boots bum fight yeah gasoline <laughs> gasoline bum fight yeah that's yeah that's crazy uh speaking of ghost adventures speaker you're a big fan of theirs oh yeah me and zach go way back like <laughs> that time when he ignored me when we were in vegas <laughs> but anyway ghost adventures went down there what was some of the evidence they found or interesting things they found at the fear factory well apparently they found the book of satan that was there there were people were apparently doing satanic rituals there at fear factory in the hell silo in the hell silo and they summoned some demons um <clears throat> yeah in the catacombs uh people say that something knocked over the ladder from under one of the workers while she was up she's up hanging up decorations or something she's working on a ladder by herself nobody else around ladder just came out from underneath her 
So clearly, spirit's not bad laddering position. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, you know what? It's interesting. I so I did watch that episode when it first came out. Yeah. And I remember them talking about like you know they're reading actual text from the that's some kid that worked there I guess was reading actual text from the Book of Satan that he found inside that he found inside, and uh, they beeped most of it out because they were worried that this would somehow. Leak into everyone's leak, home. Yes, and it would cause problems in people's homes. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, I do know that on recorded video like that, uh, spirits cannot reach through. That's why I think it's funny on like all the TikTok videos when people are watching that, and they're like, I claim no negative energy from this video. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Is what they say on TikTok? I, yeah, I've seen it on TikTok and YouTube, like on Nuke's Top 5. If you've ever watched some of his videos, you'll see it in the comments. People saying I don't claim claim any uh, Nukes Top Five is a uh, YouTube channel or show yeah. where he takes five different paranormal shows and breaks it down and t- talks about what's happening in the video. Okay. Um, they're really interesting, actually. They're they're kind of fun to watch. Ninety five percent of them are fake, um, <laughs> but you'll see it in the comments. People saying I don't claim negative energy from this video, and um, that, that was, they were protecting the viewers that by bleeping out what the kid was reading. Problem is, like I said, it doesn't work that way. The other thing is, I was at the bar one night talking to the bartender about that episode about fear factory and there just happened to be a manager from fear factory there and again this was right about the time when it was aired so you you yourself are at a bar i'm at a bar talking about about this episode episode, and then somebody at the bar was listening and said oh hey i worked there or i worked there i worked there as a manager okay okay um when that episode was this uh shot actually ah so the book that he read from from my understanding from this random person at the bar who said they were a manager at Fair Factory. Um, it was just like a random book that they found. I think it was like a medical book or something. He was just reading random passages. It wasn't actually a book from a satanic cult book or anything like that. Uh, that part was all just for dramatic effect for the show. From what, what I was told. What um, would he be reading out of a medical? It was just a random book they found. Or, it was just there. Well, oh. he was reading. He was just reading, but they beeped everything out. Well, well oh, that they, part where he was. Well, reading, what, okay. what happened was that he said that he he found a book, but he was just reading it over the intercom. So he was reading it during the because he in in the hell silo he played Satan. Right, right. I remember that. And so he was reading. There was like an intercom, and he was reading passages from this book. So I don't know if it was a medical book what he could be reading, but I don't know. I I mean, they just said it was like a random book. The, the individual that I met at the bar said it was just oh. a, a random mm. book. Gotcha, gotcha. It wasn't actually a satanic book or anything like that. But you wouldn't know from watching the episode because they tell you it's it's scary and they don't want to hurt their viewers, so they oh. beeped out like everything the kid read. Gotcha. So if you watch that episode, you can't hear anything he's reading. It's just beep 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 because they want to protect people from the. <laughs> demons getting through the TV, uh, but from well, what he's reading told, something though. He is well. He's just reading random words, but you don't know what he's actually reading because they beeped it all out. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what you're saying? So he's is, clearly reading. He could have been reading from the Bible. You don't know. They beeped it out. Okay, that's what you're saying. Well, what do you think happened then? Do you think he on on the Ghost Adventures episode? So on what the Ghost he was reading on the intercom, I have no idea. Yeah. So on the Ghost Adventures episode so the, this kid says he's, he's, he found this book he's reading it he asked some of the co-workers about the book and they said oh yeah we're satanists and we do seances here sometimes in the hell silo that's entirely possible yeah that they were doing I mean, pretend seances yeah um, remember who, who who works at haunted houses right? 16 year old yeah 14 yeah. so 15. i mean 
they were probably just dumb kids playing with a Ouija board. But they, but they like obviously, if they do things like that, whether they're reading a random book or they're playing with the Ouija board, obviously, as we've talked in other past episodes, it's all about intent. So this they definitely true. could open up something yeah, and, and inside yeah, of Yeah, I mean, what what happened off the episode, what happened before Ghost Adventures got there, I don't know. I just know what they <coughs> said they did. Yeah. I just know that particular scene in the Ghost Adventures episode where they have the kid on the episode reading from this book of Satan or satanic book or whatever. Uh-huh. From what I was told, he was just reading some random book. Hmm. Um, I don't, I can't remember what kind of book it was. It was just some random book. Um, and like I said, you wouldn't know what he's actually reading on the Ghost Adventures episode because they beeped it all out. Did she say anything else about it? Um, about the episode, anyways? That was mainly what we talked about. Uh-huh. Was that kid and how that was all just staged. And that's not the first time I've heard someone working at a venue where Ghost Adventures has been, and they've talked about how Ghost Adventures is stage shit. So, <laughs> so uh, but I do think there, there could have been people there actually doing like satanic rituals or thinking they're doing some kind of ritual. Oh, I'm sure when it was abandoned for years. I'm, there's a lot of shit that could have happened. Yeah. When you investigated it, uh, was it pretty active for you? Um, well, let's, let's stop right there. So you both have investigated. So yeah. Ghosty and Beaker have investigated Fear Factory. I have not. I've been there once. I didn't. I didn't get to really investigate like I would like to have. Because? Because I was in charge of a group. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that, that investigation was such a shit show. <laughs> Did you feel anything? Did you notice anything? I know we just mentioned Brandy saw um, the Headless Man, and she, she spoke with George, so we know she, she's encountered. When I was there, the little bit of time that I was trying to investigate, I wasn't getting much of any interaction and it well like i said it does have the free freeway run right along the side of it and there was a ton uh, in some areas where all you could hear is just cars on the freeway yeah, it's really hard to get evps there or audio evidence just because like you said it's right next to the freeway okay so um yeah trying to if you're trying to record anything i mean that's all you're gonna hear is just cars non-stop um and then which does look cool if you're traveling through Salt Lake and you're driving downtown. You're going to see the Fear Factory off the freeway. A big, it's like cool. Freddy Krueger mural yeah, right. on the side. Yeah. And so uh, other parts, I wasn't really feeling much and wasn't getting much interaction on anything. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really get to really, really investigate like how I'd like to. And, and yeah. But what about you? What experiences did you get there? I... I remember Brandy talking to George and um, I think we went into the room where the kid was reading from the book and we didn't really feel anything in there, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't remember getting a lot of evidence. I mean, I think this was probably like seven years ago when I went. Uh, The other time that when you went, uh, we were doing a public investigation. I just got everybody checked in and everything set up, set up the groups and put somebody else in charge and belled because I had to be at work at 6 o'clock in the morning. This <laughs> yeah. is like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. That, that whole thing was just such a shit show. <laughs> um, I do know if if you do happen to... You can book the venue yourself through Grim Ghost Tours. Um, you do have to sign a waiver. No matter what, Fear Factory makes everybody sign a waiver just because of how dangerous the location actually is. Um, not, not spirit-wise, but just because it's an old cement factory where at least a dozen people have been documented uh, dying there of employees employees and it's just it's funny i was thinking about when we were talking about other people that died there i'm just like at what point in time 
do you think that applying for a job there is like a good idea? Because <laughs> like after all these deaths, you know, like I want to go work there. Well, I think it was pretty common back then, though. Like every factory, there was going to be deaths. Like there was, there was like how many days before the last uh, accident? You know, and just be counting up every day and then start over again. This many days so, so died. This many days since the last accident, negative three. <laughs> <laughs> we were anticipating one soon. We're due for one. We're due. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah during that time I could I didn't see that, and I'm sure like you just you're gonna take any job you can get. Then you could just, yeah, I mean, death was survival of the fittest, even when it comes to work. <laughs> it's or, like, or, oh, shit happens. Move on. Or starve to death. Next. Yeah. Well, in fact, that that the story that that Ghosty read about Mr. Holmes, um, the news article, he didn't finish it, but there's a the bottom portion talks about his family in Logan. And so they had to go tell his family in Logan that, that he had passed. But today, from Salt Lake City to Logan, with the freeway that we have today, it's about an hour drive. A little over. A little over drive. So back then, I don't know what the road systems were like back when he died. But we're talking, this is a long drive for him to get to work. I bet and he back. probably stayed in Salt Lake during oh, the week. Maybe, yeah. Just because well, of he the probably distance. Did, but the his family. family. Right, oh, yeah, his family. You think the family stayed down here too? No. No, no. He oh, just, okay. he, he probably. I get what you're saying. Yeah, a few people together. But they still down. would have had to notify the family. Yeah, yeah, so that's what, that's that what he's saying. Yeah, uh, well, what I'm saying is like the distance, you know, the, talking about how people had to work to survive. So, so now, so nowadays. Like 100 miles here. So, yeah, nowadays it takes an hour and a half, a little, little under an hour and a half from Salt Lake to Logan. With our freeways. With systems. our freeways going 80 miles an hour. So just saying what these guys would have to do, like they'll do anything to get work and get paid to provide for their families, basically what I was saying. Yeah, for, so it's probably two so and a half, Like, yeah, hours. we'll just, just be really careful. <laughs> and still, you know, it's like you put your arm in there, you're going to be careful with your arm, but then your sleeve gets caught, right? And, oh, scary. I just saw a video the other day where it's like nowadays, like uh, it was a fast food restaurant and a girl with a ponytail. Got caught in like the shake machine or something. Oh yeah, she's oh. walking by and her hair was like flipping. Yep, and her hair and just it, flipped. It just happened enough to flip right in the milkshake and just pulled and her back. Pulling her. Well, even recently, up it's still it. like I found, I actually found this on a, a video I was watching, and I actually looked really? it up and it's true. There's the reams near my house in Sandy. Uh huh. There was some lady that was like putting. I guess in the reams in the bakery they have like a big a big bread mixer or something like that. Ooh. She got pulled in. To the machine and was killed. Oh, jeez. So I watched a video not I mean, too long ago. I mean, this ago. was within the last 10 years. Right, yeah. Because those big machines and all those things, and yeah, easily get pulled in through a sleeve. Um, there was a video that I saw. I, I think this was probably in China or something. So OSHA's not there, of course. <laughs> and it was these uh, big gears, kind of similar to what we I read about. And this worker was doing something, and he somehow had his, got his arm caught, and, and it was so fast. It was like the moment his arm got just got in there just perfect enough, it sucked him in, and he spun through this gear system. And you know it broke everything when he did that, and spin him back out, and he just, like, folded. The body just kind of crumbled, you know? And you know he was, he was dead. And Gosh. going through those gears, like, that quick. I mean, it's it was a blink of an eye. Yeah. Well, it's like our previous job or my current job, your previous job. They mm -hmm. had so many machine guards and stuff in place on all, right. the, yeah, all those, the production lines. The auto shutoffs, yeah. There's, yeah, there's all the auto stops. There's guards that you don't reach around because you can get caught in a belt or something. And yeah, they think of everything now. But Thank somebody's goodness. had to die for every one of those guards. I know. That's, much. that's exactly right. So if you think about let's go back to Fear Factory. Let's think about Fear Factory. You have, uh, uh, oh gosh, a, a very dangerous workspace. 
workplace as an industrial machine area with boiling liquids and heavy grinding gears. So we got deaths from there. Uh, you've got, you mentioned it's right next to the freeway. So if somebody, you know, gets an accident, dies, could easily wander in there from off the freeway. Then you've got decades of abandonment where transients are taking over and they're doing all sorts of stuff inside the building. I've, I can only imagine this place is going to be really haunted, but maybe it's really hard to tell because of how noisy it is off the freeway. Well, I think spirits might like that because they can kind of hide in that noise and people won't know that they're there. Right. It makes sense. We need to, we need to we need to investigate. We need to block the freeway off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so set out a <laughs> detour. Yeah, set up a detour for for pa- for drivers. Yeah, you do this like between one and three in the morning. It's not as bad as traffic at that time. Well, I saw <laughs> a comedian once. He said uh, traffic cones. Yeah, they're very cheap on um, Amazon. <laughs> reroute traffic. I mean, they just leave them out on the freeway. You can just collect them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We can go shut down lanes. (laughs) Detour them to like the end of the, like one shoulder. Until people find out. They're like, what's going on here? (laughs) Did you know that I say that a lot? Um, Speaking of going back to how I was talking about like, you can't get shit through video, right? Mm -hmm. What about a live stream? What do you think? A live stream like inside. Do you think Fear like Factory? a spirit or yeah, inside Fear Factory or anywhere? Really. Oh, okay, okay. Do you think like a spirit can influence you during a live stream? Oh, oh. So like if you're looking, let's go. Let's we talk about ghost Let's go to Zach Baggins Museum. He's got something I can't remember what it is. He's, he's got a doll you're supposed to look at, right? Is that correct? You're supposed to like look directly at this doll. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah. So you're saying you're saying like what if you, what if you put the camera right in front of the doll and then you're watching. You know, you're watching a hundred miles away, but you're, you're watching, watching a live feed of that. I find it very unlikely anything could happen from that. I mean, I don't, I don't think anything can happen likely staring at it face to face anyway, personally. Yeah, I'm not into those kind of things either, uh, where the object is influencing you, or but I don't, I don't see. What about a spirit, though? Well, the spirit would be more attached to the object, not. Not using the eyeballs of that doll, and you're not. Do you think stare the spirit can kind of influence you through the live stream through no, that video? I don't think so at all. I don't. I don't think a spirit can influence me right in front of my eyes. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I, I think it also depends on the person too. I don't think like someone like me. I don't think I can be easily influenced. Probably not. Um, I have seen it happen recently, actually. Tell me more. I was gonna tell you guys this actually happened a couple weeks ago. Um, Brandy. <laughs> I was at our house, scrolling through the TikTok. Okay, live stream from the Conjuring house. That's the thing happening. It was at the time. It was yeah. Oh. There was a thing for. A while. Oh, you can find so many live streams. This was like I said a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You can find so many live streams of people live streaming their investigations. Oh, people are okay. I thought I thought like the Conjuring house owners put up a. No, no, no. Okay. This was oh, a team. A no, team was awesome. there. There was a team there. They Got were doing it. an investigation. They were, they were streaming their event. Um, I think my idea is way better. I think they did that once for like Halloween. That'd be that's awesome. what I was thinking. That was I thought they just that's the one you were talking about because they did uh, like just have cameras and you could watch different cameras. Okay, so so, so a couple weeks ago you're watching live watching of investigators, an investigator in the Conjuring House at the Conjuring House. Okay, they're in the basement. Um, I'm able to kind of feel that there's a spirit. I didn't. I can't tell what it is. I just know there's a spirit in the hallway. And Brandy goes, "Yeah, it's a little girl," and she's like, "It's very, she's very sad." 
Huh. She said there was, she's like, it's a human spirit, but it's being influenced by a different spirit. And I'm asking her, she's like, you know, looking at the spirit and she was saying some stuff. And then I go, hey, just out of curiosity, because she's seen, I've shown her a picture of like the Conjuring House from the 1800s and from the 1970s when the, the Perrin family lived there. Okay. And she says she saw the same like inhuman entity in both pictures huh. from like 100 years apart. So I was asking her, that spirit from the picture, is that what's in the video? And she's just staring at the phone, not responding. And I'm like, hey, you know, are you are you with me here? And nothing. Like, her face is just a blank stare. And it was weird because, like, in my mind's eye, I saw, like, hands, like, reaching through the phone, huh. like, trying to grab her face. And I started, you know, I said her name, no response. I started snapping at her, and her dog gets up and runs over to check on her. And finally, I just, like, it just, something didn't feel right. So I grabbed the phone, flipped up so it went to a different live stream, and then threw the phone on the couch. And um, she finally came, too. And I go, where the hell did you go? And then that's when she told me that this spirit or this entity that was at the Conjuring House, um, like, uses that little girl spirit as, like, a trap for sensitives and mediums to kind of, like, pull uh. them in. So... In that case, yeah, none of us would probably be influenced by that. Right. But it just, it tripped me out because I've seen her do this so many times in investigations where she's being influenced by some sort of inhuman entity. And so, yeah, I think in certain cases it's entirely possible because I've witnessed it firsthand. Um, yeah. I something think... like reaching through the phone and trying to, like, influence her. In, so in I, could, I could see that with someone like her. Well, again, this example, that's what exactly what it's doing. It's trying to bait sensitives and mediums it's, it's, it's what it's trying to do in this case i can i can see that because that's what its intentions were it's, it's trying to use that live stream i guess if you will i know it's not it's not it didn't create the live stream no it didn't but, but it was, it was, it was using taking advantage it, of it taking advantage of it there we go where like for example we've talked about caden caden told us where he's walking through a grocery store and a spirit just like wait a minute you can see me like hey 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 hey, hey look look at me over here help me out so I think in those, or like when we talk about the tsunami, when that that medium lady was driving, and and then a bunch of spirits were like, whoa, 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 this lady can probably see us, help us find our way home. We're lost. So this is where I have uh, where it's hard for me to understand some things when when it comes to this situation where it's a live stream like that, because the spirit, say the spirit, um, it's not like a zoom situation where you're looking at each other face to face. Right. So the spirit isn't knowing who's watching it can't see who's who's there um if it even knows that there is a camera on it so all it is is just a lens to them so it's hard to, for me to understand how they're able to single out somebody that way because they're not seeing who's watching them i 100 percent agree with you and had i not seen it happen firsthand i probably wouldn't believe it so that's yeah that's the only thing that i mean no, i can see i 100 so get where you're coming from so like uh in her in her shoes uh being being just completely drawn into what she's seeing i can see that and just zoning out and and like almost uh what's it called kind of um, like a trance not a trance but oh. when uh when she would uh um channel channel not channel uh uh we've had a whole thing on it we're sending her so astral project astral projection yes astral projection and that's a it's a possibility so that's more of what i'm picturing in my head is is that interesting uh, maybe she's more uh astral projecting herself there uh 
it more as a you know getting drawn into what she's seeing and then astral projecting to get more of what what's there that's a, that's a possibility that's more of what i see just because like i said it's hard for me to imagine how a spirit can single out somebody through a lens where there's multiple people watching this is true no i i 100 get what you're saying i just know what i saw science <laughs> i just know i just know what i saw and something just wasn't right yeah, yeah. but it was weird yeah. like i said in my mind's eye i saw like hands reaching through the phone interesting though um yeah so I don't know what 100% took place. I just know she wasn't herself at that time when she was watching that stream. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That is pretty interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I get it, what you're saying exactly. I don't know how it would have found her, singled her out, unless she was doing something like that. Yeah. 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 Wow. wow. So I think, uh, going back to the Fear Factory, two things you can do this place. You can book a tour and investigation. Or you can go there as a haunted attraction. So you can go to a haunted house inside of a haunted house. Kind of cool. I know sometimes on Mondays they do like a a tour. You don't get to like investigate, but they do like a tour of the factory. Sometimes. uh, Most of this is booked through Grim Ghost Tours. Like uh, it actually says on the Fear Factory website back in 2016, they partnered with Grim Ghost Tours to do these investigations and tours and stuff. So they'll do, sometimes they'll do special events. I think like on Friday the 13th. Uh, when those come around. Right, do yeah. They on do. Those yeah. So, if you decide to go to the Fear Factory here in Salt Lake City, it is near us. Please hit us up at evp.pod on Instagram and Facebook. And let us know you're coming to town and maybe we can connect. We'd like to meet people that listen to or watch the podcast. So, let us know if you come in town. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Ghosts, you don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. Welcome to Salt Lake City. Bitches. This is the EVP Podcast.